Hey, if you're here today, you came in in the middle of a sermon series. Um, by the way, we're, we're a church uh, that is for first-time guests. By the way, can we make noise for all of our first-time guests? Make some noise. Thank you so much. You could have been anywhere on a Sunday. You decided to come to the house of the Lord. Listen, um, we're a portable church. Everything you see here is torn down to bits and pieces and put inside of our trailer at the end of this service. And, and in the middle of the week, we set up again for youth service. We break down. How, any youth young adults in the house? Are you here? Youth young adults, true. By the way, uh, our youth service on Wednesdays had a record-breaking 200 middle schoolers and high schoolers. You can give glory to God for that. They are in revival. 39 salvations on Wednesday. Insane what God's doing in the middle of the week. And Tuesday night, you guys are doing pretty cool too. I'm excited for what God's doing. And um, to let you know, we're a portable church, so we don't stay here. We, we go to bits and pieces and, and we do church. If you're a first-time guest, this is for you. We, we hope you connect with us. Um, we hope you, you say, this is my church. And really only two types of people in here, people who are from Newburgh, this is your home, and then people who are debating if, if you want to join. Well, we're a church. We, we like to give steps. We like to make it plain, uh, the steps at our church. Uh, let me just give you some of the steps before we get into the message. It's, it's all going to tie in. Uh, our first step at this church is salvation. So after every message, we do a salvation call. If you, if you want to receive Jesus as your personal Savior, uh, we do it every week. And, and what's, what, the, you know, what you're a part of as a church every week since we launched in 2015. Every week we've seen hands go up for salvation. Come on, God is so good. This is it's an amazing place. But that's your first step is salvation, is saying that prayer. A second step at our church is baptism. Come on, anybody love baptism? At our church, we baptize. It's an outward expression of an inward confession. And um, shout out to everyone who recently got baptized. If you were recently baptized, we had almost 29 of you last time. Could you just stand up again if you got baptized recently? Oh, my gosh. There they go. There they go. There they go. There they go. Oh, go in public with your faith. Thank you so much. We celebrate you. If Jesus died on a public cross for us, how... You know, we, we got to go public with our faith, and that's baptism. So I thank you for that. And our third step at our church is actually going on a Saturday. We've provided a resource for you. It's coming to Next Steps. If you've ever been to Next Steps, can you wave at your boy? Can you wave at your boy? Nice. Okay. Next Steps is what we do every third Saturday of the month. It's on a Saturday. Oh, man, that's a great weekend, by the way. If you come to Next Steps Saturday, come to church Sunday, you're starting your week off on a great note. Uh, so Saturday, every third Saturday of the month, we meet at the Hope Center, 1143 Parnell Street at 9 a.m. to 1230. And, um, man, first of all, I got to say this. We give you free breakfast. Anybody love free? Okay, so anybody love breakfast? We put them both together, all right? So it's free and breakfast. I don't know about you. I got this saying, if it's for free, it's for me. Come on, somebody. Is it just me? Okay. Well, I love breakfast, desayuno, as we say in the first service. So, um, man, come out. That was random. So come out uh, to Next Steps. We don't only tell you who we are, our church history, what we believe, but there's two assessments that you take that you can't fail. It's a spiritual gifts assessment and a personality test. And, and what that does is it's actually a resource at our church. We help discover your design 
So then it will point you to your destiny. Can I get an amen this morning? So, some people go so many years in, in the faith without exercising the gifts and the talents that God has placed inside of them. So on your way outside, to your left-hand side, there's a table. It's our connection table. Um, it's set up every week. You can sign up for baptism, and you can sign up for next steps. Once you go through the next steps process, you end up in two places, either a small group, a hope group, or either in a volunteer team. And at our church, that's how we disciple you. I've talked to young adults all the time. They go, Pastor, listen, Sundays ain't enough, bro. And I, and I look at the early church, and I'm like, it's not enough. They didn't gather once a week. The Bible says they gathered outside the temple courts daily. There's community. And I want to encourage you, listen, your faith is not just for Sundays alone. It's to walk this thing out with people. It's to be discipled. And it's to, it's to pray alongside other people. So come to Next Steps, and you'll end up, end up in a hope group, which is a group of, of men and women in your area that are gathering in homes, and we're opening up the Bible, and we're learning about God and each other. And, and it's... It's not forced. It's like really, it's like organic community. And then you end up or in a volunteer team. Um, so you can either serve in so many areas. Uh, uh, and, and it's according to your gifts. I'm excited for the message today. So those are the steps. I'm excited to preach, by the way. Uh, your senior pastor, Pastor Gabby, uh, my daddy-o, all right, he is not here. Um, he's actually in our Newport Ritchie campus uh, two hours away. So if you don't know, if you're just walking in, we're a church, one house with many rooms. Uh, it's, we have different campuses. We have a campus in Pointiana, uh, not too far away. We have a campus obviously here in Kissimmee. We have a campus in Newport Ritchie. It's right outside of Tampa. And we also have another campus launching soon in North Orlando. So what God's doing is amazing. And, and we believe in, in sending people and growing the church. So your, your pastor is installing uh, our Newport Ritchie campus pastor today in Newport Ritchie. He has a video we'll show later. Um, but, but you walked in in a sermon series, and today the sermon series is titled, I'm In. Can you just yell it out? I'm in. One, two, three. It, 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 this whole month of March, oops, I'm, I'm thinking ahead. This whole month of February, we're focusing on the idea that, that, that I'm in. Week one, you can see, is I'm invited. Oh, how many of you guys remember that sermon? Jesus invites Judas to the table. He invites anyone to the table, whoever you are. And, and, and that was a great message you can hear on our podcast. Week two was I'm included. Oh, I love last week's sermon. And, and today we're jumping into a new idea. I'm involved. Somebody say involved. All right. This is the moment where you take your notes out. Uh, I love I love seeing, seeing church folks take notes in church because just it's easy to remember when there's literally literal evidence that, evidence that you were at church. I talk to you all the time. I'm like, so what would you learn tonight? They're like, I don't know. But I felt good, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, all right, bro, take notes, leave with an idea that sticks out to you, and, and I love telling this to our young adult community, whenever, you, whenever we bring a verse up in church, go home, read the chapter, you got seven days to read the chapter and get deeper into God's word, amen, church? So we're going to get into the word, so this sermon title, you can write at the top of your notes, is I'm involved, I'm involved, I, I believe the church of Jesus today is an is a active church, a vibrant church. We're, we're not just seat fillers and seat warmers, but we're actually stepping into the call of God over our lives. Listen, this church is not a church that, that we stand on, on, on the, the talents and, and gifts of few, but rather we stand on the sacrifices of many. If you don't know right now, there's, there's literal people, like there's actually people back there taking care of your kids. Come on. Can we give them a round of applause? Come on, and it's, 
Thank you, God, for them that parents get to drop off and, you know what I'm saying, worship. Uh, there's volunteers all over the place. There's people behind the screen making sure the screens work. That they're, they're probably never in front of the screen ever, and, and they're just exercising their gifts. See, see, the church of Jesus, it's a body, Paul says, with different parts. And, and we're not saying, oh, one part's better than the other. Uh, my thing is that, like, the face is a pretty important part of the body, but what's a face without a breathing lungs? What's, what's a face? What's a, what's a chest, awesome chest, without a heart beating inside that chest? And, and some of us in here have gifts that aren't, like, for the platform. Like, if we would just give you up, like, up here with a couple announcements, you'd probably start sweating and you'd start stuttering. And it's like, I just, I can't do it in front of people. But put me behind a, a desk and I can administrate and then I can do different things and I can organize. You see, that's the beautiful part of the body of Christ. We all make up this body. It's not all of us relying on the talents and gifts of a few, but rather the sacrifices of many. Uh, my first idea is this. This is going to be your best year if it's your best year spiritually. I really believe that. We, we go into every year saying, oh, this is going to be the best year. This is going to be the best year because of systems. This is going to be the best year because of my structure, my calendar, because of what I'm praying for. We believe all those things. However, if this is your best year spiritually, this will be the best year of your life. It's actually walking into the call of God in your life. I want to read with you 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. It's on the screens. You can also pull it up in your Bible. This is Paul writing to the church of Corinth, a very real city in a real time. And that's why the book is labeled Corinthians, because this is the Corinthian church. And, and what he's encouraging them to do, as it says, it says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. You see, in this church, we don't only talk about gifts. We talk about love, and we follow the way of love. That's why you probably got like 30 hugs before you walked in, because we want to let you know we love you. We love you. We love you so much. And we're going to keep saying it. I don't have to know your life to celebrate your story. I love you so much. Not because we're just super excited, because it's the love of God in us that's allowing us to love other people. It's the forgiveness that God has given us that allows us and empowers us to forgive others. And, and that's the love. But, but Paul, notice, he doesn't just say just love. Like there's an end. And for many of our walks with Christ, it's just love. I have Jesus, and now I'm just going to love. I have Jesus, and now I'm just going to love. But there's actually another element to it, not only loving, but serving. N not only loving, but, but taking action into the call of God. And Paul's like, yo, you need to eagerly desire these spiritual gifts. Like, eagerly desire. Here's the danger with knowledge, right? Once you get knowledge, you know you have a responsibility. Some of us are scared of knowledge because we know what comes with it. I'm scared to learn that because once I learn that, I'm always going to try to do it. And, and, and Paul's like, yo, you guys have these gifts, and I need you, church, to activate and to eagerly desire the gifts that God has already given you. I love eating. Does anybody love to eat? Oh, my gosh. Chipotle's this spot. If you, my birthday is February 28th. You could get me a Chipotle card. I love you so much. My wife and I share the same birthday, uh, February 28th. It's pretty cool. So you can get us both a gift card. Hello. Chipotle. <laughs> I promise I wake up in the morning. I'm like, what's for breakfast? Like, what are we doing? Bacon, egg, and cheese on a croissant. I, I know there's two types of people. Bacon, egg, and cheese on a, on a bagel and bacon, egg, and cheese on a croissant. Where are my croissant people? Bacon, egg, and cheese on a croissant. Oh. 
I knew this was my church. How many of y'all do bacon egg cheese on a bagel? The few, the proud, the Marines, all right? Man, I love me some croissants. I'll be in breakfast, and I'm already thinking about lunch. Like, I'm in the office. I'm like, so what are we doing? I need energy. Right? I need to realign my focus. Uh, I remember one time I got invited to Texas de Brazil. Uh, one of my friends, her mom worked there, and we had a discount. And, and I don't know about y'all, man. We, we live in a theme park city, and I only go to theme parks when I got a discount. So is it just me? <laughs> or Thank you. All right. Texas and Brazil, what? We showed up. I remember my family and I, we showed up. It was like just a little nice, like nice little. When you know you got a discount, you really go in, right? It's when you really like, we, we gonna splurge. I got the urge to splurge, you know what I'm saying? I, I remember the, 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 uh, the, 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 cup hold, the cup holders, the coasters, it's like double-sided and the red means stop bringing me food, but the green is go, green go. And, and, and you literally, the dudes come out with the steaks and I remember being in the waiting room, like in the out, the out lobby, just smelling the food and my mouth would begin to get watery and I'm just getting jittery. How many of you guys love like the little breads they give, the cheese breads? Someone's like a pan de bono if you're Colombian. And oh my God, I can taste it right now. Some of you guys are, are, can't wait to leave church to just go eat. Um, that's me right now. Uh, I, I, I desire it. Like, I, I'm like, yo, I need this. Like, I smell it. Like, I, anybody loves grilling. Like, you just looking forward to parties just to bring your grill and to, to show up. Where's the grill at, you know? And, 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 and like, I love food and I love desiring it. And here's the thing about desire. It, it can really change some things in your life. Like, it can really adjust your focus, right? It can really just get you thinking of, of what you're going to do next and what's going to happen next week. Some of you meal plan. God bless you. Um, if you're a meal planner and you just plan your whole week, that is dedication. Um, but that's someone who's eagerly desiring something. And, and Paul's like, church, I need you not to just only walk in love, but to desire these gifts. God's given you, like a steak with your name on it. I do my medium. Come on, somebody. If you do your steak well done, I didn't know you like hockey pucks. <laughs> so uh, some of y'all got hurt. I'm sorry. But, oh. but it's like really funny, but friend in here today, like I don't want to get to heaven one day. And say, God, all I did was think about you. And I never really did what you with, did anything with what you've given me. And, and Paul's trying to encourage the church to walk this thing out. He even says again in Romans, and we're going to be bouncing around scripture today. Romans chapter 12, verse 6. He says this, we have different gifts. If you could put the verse on the screen. Romans chapter 12, verse 6. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. You guys with me? So, so he's like, we have different gifts. The word, the original translation is charisma. And then it says, according to the grace, charis. These are like the original translations. What the verse is trying to say is this, that each and every one of us this morning have a grace gift. A grace gift. What's grace? Something given to you without even you asking for it. Jesus right now, he offers grace to all of you. 
And if you've confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've received that grace. And he said, I receive the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness of God. And I actually will give my life for this. And this is almost the same way. See, a spiritual gift is like the gift of salvation, yet you have to play a part in it. There's a grace gift. What's a grace gift? Next idea. It's not educationally learned, but gracefully given. I mean, like when God made you, when he formed you, he put a gift inside of you. Ooh, can I talk to you about some of the gifts? Yo, can I talk to you? Next idea is this. You don't have to work hard for it. It's a grace gift given to you by grace. Right? Some, some of you guys have the gift of just like organizing big projects. Like that's just what you love to do. If only you would take the gift and give it back to God and see what he'll do to bring himself glory and to use you in a way you never thought. Some of you guys in here, you, you're good with sound and you're hearing the mix and you're like, I could do a bit more acoustic guitar in the mix. I could take some highs out. I could probably drop some lows and, and pump the subs a bit more. If you're thinking like that, you need to join our team because God's giving you gifts. And some of you guys are like, it just sounds good. I love it. It's great. You hear that guitar? It's like, no, that's feedback. That's not a guitar. And most of us, we have so many gifts. Can I talk to you about the gift of administration, which we see in Luke chapter 14? The, the ability to organize large tasks and to think strategically, systematically. I mean, administrators, you know, you love calendars. You love lists, to-do lists. Already some of you guys are getting, like, just happy about just hearing about a calendar and pencils and pens. And you're like, that's my life. I just, I love it. I love it. I can't do that. Don't put me to do that. Put me to preach. Put me behind a drum set and it's game on. But if you <laughs> ask me to, like be organized in some areas. I, I will See, here's the thing. Some of us try to put on someone else's gift. Sometimes we try to put on, come on, like David tried to, try to fit Saul's armor. It don't fit for me. I don't work this way. I'm an individual with different gifts, and I can use this, this sling and a rock to take down the same giant. I don't have to do it like you. I have my own specific gift. And it's not necessarily hard for me to do it. Automatically right now, you guys, I pray the Spirit's giving your gifts right now. Just things you don't have to work hard for. It's just, it's just in you. It's in you. It just comes out of you. Some of you have the gift of mercy. That's biblical. You just give mercy. You give mercy. That's why people love opening up to you. People love, you think you're just pretty? Like, they, like, no, there's a gift on you. There's an anointing on you that people get around you. Like, I just feel better with you around me. Can you pray for me? Can I talk to you? I could just trust you. Like, I just trust your judgment. You have the gift of mercy. You probably have have the gift of discernment. You can see, oh, that's not a room to walk in right now because something is right behind that door. And then like, I don't know what's going on. Like, don't go in that door because something is behind. You have the gift of discernment. Some, some of you have the, the gift of exhortation, the ability to, to encourage others. Some of you have the gift of hospitality. You just create warm environments, right? Some of you don't have that gift. <laughs> like, we wouldn't put you in the front to welcome people. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to New Birth. Oh, life's good. It's all right, but it's good. It's all right. It's good. Welcome. You're probably really good behind a screen doing the lyrics. You just, it, it just bugs you out. We got to use our gifts for God, y'all. Like, we got so many gifts. You've got so much on you. Some of you have been saved so long. You just recently joined. Remember the first time God used a person to identify the gift inside of you? Just called it out of you. Just called it out. There's a testimony from our summer camp. I remember we were praying for a young man at the altar, and we said, God's got a gift of pastor, uh, the, 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 the calling gift of, uh, of being a shepherd. Biblically, what, what we see is 
is usually the leaders of the church, the planters, and, and those who hold the church up are the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. And, and these are calling gifts, right? So there's different gifts, but those are the gifts usually that organize the church and lead the church. And, and I remember just praying over a young man, and, and I just felt the call of God over him to be a pastor when we prayed for him. And, and it was an awesome moment. He went to next steps, and in next steps, he took his personality test and his spiritual gifts assessment, and that revealed that he was a pastor. So it wasn't just a word. It actually was revealed when he began to look inside himself. Church, you have so many gifts you don't even know about. I believe some gifts, some gifts can grow into a season. A season can pull some gifts out of you. A moment, a situation, a tragedy could probably pull a gift out of you. Because God, is, he's gracefully given these gifts. Some of, you guys have, some of you guys have the gift of intercession. You don't miss a prayer night. Every first week of the month, you do prayer night. And you just, you just you love to intercede. Standing in the gap in prayer. Some of you guys have the gift of knowledge to bring clarity to situations and circumstances. You, you probably don't talk as much, but when you talk, everyone's like, if he spoke 30 minutes ago, we would not be in this mess. Some of you guys have the gifts of musicianship and worship. And, and I got to tell you, you got to give your thing back to God. Come on. The enemy had your voice in clubs. The enemy had your voice for yourself. But how about we give our gift back to God and say, when I sing, when I worship, may chains break. May the yokes be lifted. May all men be drawn to Jesus. You see, here's the thing. When, when we all work together is that this burdens are lighter when everyone works together. Burdens are lighter. The, the burden of, 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 of standing as a church is much lighter when we all activate in our gifts. Some, some of you guys have the gift of generosity. Like everything you touch, God just multiplies in abundance. And, and yes, you're tithing and you're giving, and we thank you for that. But it's now time to take those strategies, take the giftings, and bring it into the church. That people will be drawn to Jesus. I love the book of Nehemiah because in in the book of Nehemiah, we see it happening that 52 people, it, it took people 52 days to just build the, the wall of Jerusalem. And, and, and most of our campus are going to jump into that. But I want to give you an idea right now that's super important is this. Each person's work is important. And this, is, this speaks to me and to you. It just speaks deeper than, than words can probably even say. Because we know that we, we just have this need inside of us, all of us, to something magnificent, to do something spectacular. We have this need and yearning, and, and all of us, we wake up, we say, I, I want to do great things, and, and, and I want to do awesome things, but I, I'm not a singer, and I'm, I'm not a preacher. Listen, no matter where you're at, when you step into your calling and your spiritual gifting, and you get involved, there is none greater in the kingdom. The greatest of you are the servants, and, and we serve together as a church. Each role is important. 2 Timothy says like this. This is so New Testament in Paul's ministry. And 2 Timothy literally says this. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. Fan into flame. Fan. I don't know if you uh, have ever started a campfire before. We don't really do that much out here because it's already hot. But if you're daring enough to start a campfire, you know it takes work. Like you, there's, there's some blocks there and, and, and you're just... You cheat, you put gasoline, right, and you, you put a light. But then you got to, like, focus on it. You know what I mean? Like, there's intense focus to that flame. If any strange wind comes in, you got to start again. If anybody's distracting you, 
You look and it's, it's gone. I mean, like, here's the thing about fanning into flame. I love this example because to fan something into flame, you got to get down for it. Like, you got to get on your knees and say, I got to focus on this. I got to zone in on this. Yeah, I got stuff to do tomorrow. Yeah, I got things to do later. But right now, right here, I'm focusing. I'm leaning in. And that's a believer when you fan into flame. You get into your prayer closet. You get into your room. You shut the door. You turn the lights off. You play some new birth worship. Hello. We on Apple Music. Shameless plug. Put us on there. And out of nowhere, you begin to pray, God, get this gift going. May it magnify, not for my glory, but for your glory. May I use this for your glory. May I use it. And you begin to fan into flame the gift that is within you. And that's the call to the church. Romans 12, this is a beautiful scripture. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve that God's will is his good and pleasing perfect will. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. He's literally saying, yo, we all have a part in this thing. So walk it out. Fan it into flame. Let's just, like Nike, man, let's just do it. The youth like that. Heard a couple Googles. Matthew chapter 23. And we're closing in the service now. It says, Jesus is saying, the greatest of you, the greatest of you, the greatest of you will be your servant. Jesus shows up. He's the first king that is a servant. He's the first king that decides to serve. What Jesus does when he shows up to human history, he flips the triangle upside down. We build organizations, humans, we build things so that one person's at the top with all power and servants are at the bottom. Jesus shows up and flips that. And he says, the greatest of you are the servants. And I, as the almighty king, the son of God, I'm taking all that Holy Spirit, all of that power and anointing, and it is actually helping me and guiding me to serve all people. It's the highest form of authority functioning in the lowest way. You see, here in America, people who search for a church, like if you've ever been searching for a church, it's like we look for some things, right? It's like, how's the vibe? How's the people? Are there different types of people? Is it just one type of people? How's, how's, the, how's the worship? I got to connect with the Lord. I got to, come on, somebody. How's the word, right? The word usually is why people come and. I know a pastor, he, he, he preached two hours every Sunday. And then he got advised to preach shorter. He went to 45 minutes, and his church grew 2,000 people in a matter of like six months. Nothing else changed. That's his preaching style. Usually the word is why people come and worship and fellowship. But so many reasons why people come to church. Obviously for Jesus, right? But, but there's other things around that that help us serve Jesus and know Jesus truly. And here's the thing about Western civilization is that 
most people, when they're looking for a church, they look for a church that is already established, well off. Here's a quote I want to read to you of people when they're looking for churches. Go ahead and put it up. It's a, it's a church that doesn't ask much from me because they can do it all by themselves. Don't, don't ask me to come another day. Don't ask me to, to do other stuff. And, and what's happened, it's a scary place when the church of Jesus, who Jesus came to serve, becomes a church that only consumes. It's a consumerist church. It's a dangerous place to be. Because you claim to follow Jesus, yet you're following yourself. You claim to follow the servant king and choose, like, like, like we, we got to come to church. You know what to change your, your worship experience, your Sunday experience? Instead of showing up saying, what can I get? You show up saying, what can I give? What worship can I give to God that will just bless his name? What, what, what prayer can I give to a brother or sister to uplift their faith? Generosity. What can I give to the church that I literally stand in the gap for other people? I promise you, your idea of church, you won't miss a Sunday if you show up. I got to give something to Sunday. Now I got to get. I got to show up and give because I've got something tucked inside of me. I got to give it away. And 1 Corinthians 3, we're still in Corinthians, says this, verse 6 to 8. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it. It was a funny happening in the church. It doesn't happen today, right? Funny happening. They're like, oh, I, I follow Apollos, which is another church leader. And someone's like, oh, I follow Paul. I like the way he teaches and the way he writes. And someone's like, oh, no, I think he's better. And, and, you know, that doesn't happen today, right? Of course not. Um, and, and then Paul clears it up. He's like, hey, like, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. Verse 8. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. What he's doing, he's giving the church a long view. He's giving them a perspective. What they don't know, he's actually referencing revelation. In the end, when we go to heaven, God will reward you for your labor. He will reward you for what you've done. He will give you offerings and rewards and responsibility in the next life, in the next earth, in the next heaven. God will give rewards for what you've done. Like, isn't that the ultimate motivation? Like, you know, because sometimes people serve just for people to say, hey, great job. But even if people don't say great job, you know, there's a God in heaven. That when you see him, he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Paul even says, work your jobs outside of the church. Work them as if you're serving God. And he will honor you. Well, I've been serving X amount of years. When you serve your job as Christ would, God sees that. And he rewards that. And, God, and God's looking at the church. He's like, I want to give you so much. I've got all these rewards. I love this, right? Because you don't work for grace. We don't have to work for it. Grace is freely given. All of you today, if you haven't said yes to Jesus, I want to let you know you're one prayer away from your eternity forever being changed. People meet Jesus and like, hey, how much do I got to pay to go to heaven? How can I skip all the steps? And he's like, nah, man, it doesn't go that way. I want your heart, not your money. I, I want your heart because if I have your heart, now, because you love me, you'll serve, and then when I reward you, it's a double blessing. 
You're serving because you love me, and yet I'll still reward you in the end. But here's the thing. You know why sometimes you and I, we, we don't really step into our callings and our giftings? To be real. You know why you, know why you and I sometimes we don't, we don't activate it? Because we think this. We think we're going to get to heaven one day, and God's going to be like this. So what'd you think? What'd you think? Yeah, send Jesus, he died for you. You heard the message, you said yes. What'd you think? That was such a great idea. Thank you for your son. I thought of him well. So, so, so what'd you think about the spirit? Right? What'd you think about the spirit? Oh, talk to you about him. He empowered me every day. He, he convicted me to lead a better life. So what do you think? That's not the only question, church. When we get to heaven, that's probably the first question. The second question is, if not even as important, what did you do? My next idea is this. Your entire life will be evaluated, not just your belief. How you handle the little things. That's why some of us are still in the little. Because it's how we handle the little that God will now give us more. How we, how, we, how we raise our children. How we love our spouse. How we serve the church. I mean, do everything in worship to God. Your entire life will be evaluated, not just your belief. Do I have any shoppers in the house? Anybody loves to shop? Where are my online shoppers? Come on. I love you guys so much. Every week is Christmas, right? It just ding, ding. What's today? I even forgot what I ordered. I don't even know what it is. It's a Christmas gift. You, you paid for it. I actually like shopping in person, all right? I like showing up to places and shopping, too. That's pretty cool. I don't know how people online shop clothes. Like, even if it's a large, I still got to try it on. You know what I'm saying? I got to worship in it. But like, all right, we good, we good, we good. Yeah, but then before you show up, before you get ready for church, you look in the mirror, you're like, okay, you can't see now. All right, we good, we good, we good. <laughs> Man, I love shopping. I, I remember going to the Florida Mall with my family, and one of the stores was like a virtual reality store. I don't know if you've ever seen it in the Florida Mall. It, it's like the coolest thing ever. It's like, what? They all have like the VR goggles, and, and, and I remember my mom and I, we went, we went in, I mean, I was with the family, and we're all like looking at different things. I mean, they have games, they have roller coasters and I told my mom I was like we gotta do the roller coaster let's do it let's do it so it's like a virtual reality roller coaster you step in it's got speakers like so loud and it's got fans so like if you're like going left you feel like the wind graze your your face and and I remember having these goggles on we put like the scary roller coaster where like zombies jump out at you and and, and it was just so I mean like so like even like goes down and like with the wind blowing, like, of the fans, you feel like you're falling into a volcano. Like, it, it's pretty amazing. And, and I remember I would just scream, like, I said, ah! You know what I'm saying? My mom's like, ah! And I'm like, all right, mom, relax. We're still in the mall, right? It's like, relax. And, and it was just doing a loop-de-loop, like, oh! And she's like, ah! I'm like, mom, all right. If you wonder why I have a loud mouth, you know why. Um, me and my mom, we just, you know, we're, we're equal, right? I'm my mom's son. Um, so we're screaming together, ah! And I remember just thinking, I'm like, all we got to do is just take off our goggles and it's over. 
There's like this whole world, right? It's like volcanoes and zombies, and it's so scary. And it's like, oh, my God. We're, I mean, our emotions are going, right? And it's just like all you got to do is take your goggles off, and you really see things for how they That's like if you ever had a nightmare before, like the nightmares that are just so real, like, like a terrible one. Like you ever woke up crying from a nightmare? Like, you're like, You're like, why am I crying? You ever woke up in a dream and then you're still dreaming? Those are like inception going on, right? You're like, whoa. But what's amazing is that once you open your eyes, you, you see things for how they really are. And, man, I just got convicted writing this message. I, I, pictured, I pictured the enemy going around homes and putting goggles on Christians' faces and putting virtual realities and putting people into a spiritual sleep where they're thinking they're serving. They're thinking they're doing stuff. They think they're in a, in a volcano. But if you just strip back the goggles and see clearly that God wants you to do something, that God is calling you to preach the gospel, that God's giving you some gifts and he wants you to use them man I hope today you leave with your your eyes wide open God what do you want me to do because your only question is not what did I think but what did I do you know what encourages me when I'm serving and, and I feel like I'm not being noticed see here's the here's the thing can we be real some of us been hurt you've been hurt by the church and you've been waiting for the green light to serve. Here's your green light today. This is your green light. Move on. Forgive them. You think you're not, you think th 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 you're not growing. You're not growing. Once you forgive, you're able to walk away. Forgiveness is for you. But they hurt me. You're at a new church, baby. It's a new year. Let's try something different. But I didn't feel valued. We're going to try our best, but this is what encourages me. Whenever I feel like I'm not being noticed or I'm not being celebrated and my work is in vain, it's a lie from the enemy. I remember this verse that when I see God face to face, isn't that the real conversation? Good and faithful servant. Well done. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Not good and famous, not good and influential, good and faithful servant. Well done. I remember going to a missionary trip and to DR and I met, I met a man, his name was Robin. He was translating for me so I felt like Batman. No one liked that joke, it's cool. I heard you laugh though, thank you baby. Courtesy laugh. He, he's a youth leader in, in the Dominican Republic. And I, he was translating for me all week because I grew up in a Spanish home, but all we did was speak English. Don't judge me. So he was translating for me, and, and we just grew a connection. And he was like, man, this is crazy. We did like a youth service out there in DR in a tent with dirt, sandals, and plastic chairs. That I, I broke one. And I was leaning on one. And just, I was like, uh-oh. 37 cents. And the church, I mean, it was an amazing service. And, and he was like, this is the most youth we've ever had. They felt so, I mean, we just ran the service like we do over here. And he's just been so encouraged. And I write him through WhatsApp. And, 
we stay up to each other and I pray for him. Man, he posted something that blew me away. I mean, like, I was literally in tears as I was reposting this. He puts a picture of him standing under a tent with dirt and 15 chairs with, like, eight students in the chair. And he's got a podium up with his notes. And he, he's teaching them to be faithful to God. He's teaching them. Even though people don't know your name, God knows your name. Even though you'll probably, you know, and I believe that God has a mighty call. But even if people don't notice, God loves you. He's with you. Be faithful. And I remember his Instagram post. Oh, my gosh. He's posting and he's like, I'm serving these students. We probably don't see more than 20 students a week. But I'm going to keep serving. And I'm going to keep loving these students. And I'm going to keep being faithful. And I'm going to fan into flame, the spiritual gift. We don't have speakers. We don't have lights. There's no AC. We're under a tent. But I will continue to do the work of the Lord. Why? Why? This is what he writes. Because God in the end, he will not recognize the famous. He will not recognize the influential. But in the end, my God will look at the faithful. He'll look at the faithful and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You were faithful. So I got you. Welcome home. Come into my kingdom. And now you will lead next to me on this platform. Fan into flame the gift of God within you. I don't want to go any longer, but I think the realest conversations are going to be in heaven, right? The realest conversations going to be in heaven? Like when you... When you, when you look at somebody, and I'll go into the light. When you look at somebody in and, and heaven, and the Bible says there's no, there's no crying in heaven. There's no pain. There's no suffering. Aren't those going to be like the realest moments? When you're in heaven next to somebody who almost gave up on the church, and you say, girl, come here. Ooh. Remember when you almost walked out? Was it worth it? You pull a family member, boy, I was trying to get you saved 20 years. Remember how you almost didn't listen? And on the 21st year, you gave your life to G, and here we are. Girl, remember when you got hurt and you thought God didn't exist, but he was weeping in heaven because you were weeping? Remember, remember, because now we're here. And it was all worth it. It was all worth it. Week three, I'm in. We're saying I'm involved. I got to do something with my faith.